And now, Manufacturing Matters with your host, Cliff Waldman. Good day, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Manufacturing Matters. I'm Cliff Waldman. I'm the host for this weekly show on Manufacturing Talk Radio. This is a show about all things manufacturing. We look at the headlines. We look at the world economically. We look at it politically, and we show how those things matter, and they matter a great deal to manufacturing performance. But these days, we have to get deeper. We have to get into understanding the structural dynamics of manufacturing here in the U.S. and worldwide, and there's a lot of them these days. New technologies, new, new world orders, new thinking on trade, new economic thinking, new types of management structures. All of that is going to contribute to a new manufacturing story, and it's my job, and with the help of my guests, to give you some insight into how all that's going to happen so the world can better understand the, uh, the changes that are building a new manufacturing sector. Most of the time we have guests, and I've had some wonderful ones. I've been blessed. We had Dr. Perk Panetta uh, last week. He is the articulate and very accomplished chief economist at the plastics industry sector. And he gave us some wonderful insights in that, into that very crossroads sector of manufacturing. We've also had some other wonderful industry economists, Kevin Swift. We've had Tim Gill. And we've had some top thinkers on technological and economic change, Rob Atkinson, Michael Mandel. Sometimes, though, I'm going to offer my own expertise. I'm an economist with almost 30 years' experience. Fifteen of those years was working with manufacturing executives in a manufacturing research and trade group, MAPI. And it was one of my responsibilities um, over those 15 years to brief manufacturing executives on what's going on with the world economy. And that matters more and more because manufacturing in the United States is becoming more and more internationalized. It is our most international sector. So what goes on beyond U.S. shores matters a great deal to manufacturing. Now, what about today's show? Well, we're kind of an interesting point uh, for me and for Washington and what's going on with the presentation here in town of the uh, global economy. We just finished up the World Bank and IMF meetings, and I participated in one of the sessions there. And at that session, the IMF released its forecast for global growth over the next few years. We know it's kind of a, uh, a lackluster story. We finally had, after the, the, you know, the long post-crisis year, some real pickup in and around 2016. Things looked better for a while, and now... While the U.S. economy remains fairly solid, there are concerns about what is going on outside of the U.S., weakening the global picture. We're concerned about what has been a persistent slowdown in China. We're concerned about weakness in Europe. We're concerned about what that might do to the U.S. economy and what that might do to US, the U.S. manufacturing outlook. But I thought this time I would do something just slightly different for Manufacturing Matters audiences. 
for many times in my career, I have given a presentation on the global outlook not a year or two down the road, not four or five years down the road, but what will the global economy look like 20 years down the road? And specifically, what are the things that are going to drive, what are the things that are going to matter to what this world economy that is so important to U.S. manufacturers is going to look like? So I thought I would share some thoughts with you on that. Included in my discussion is going to be, a, as you'll see in a minute, is going to be a little bit of a talk about Africa. I am the president this year of the National Economist Club in Washington, D.C. A week from this Thursday, uh, probably this Thursday by the time this podcast is played, I will be giving my National Economist Club presidential address, and I'll be talking about Africa as a new frontier of global expansion. So between the IMF short-term forecast and my presentation on Africa coming up soon is this presentation on what's going to drive the world in the decades to come. It's going to be a shorter podcast these days. I'm going to give you the highlights, give you my insights, as always. I want our loyal Manufacturing Matters listeners to give me comments. My email is jcweco at aol.com. I invite you to send your questions, your comments, your criticisms, things you've liked about the show, things you haven't liked about the show, things you'd like to see on the show, guests you'd like to hear on the show. It's your show, and I want to hear from you. All right, what about this business about, you know, thinking about the global economy 20 years down the road? We know we're dealing with kind of a lackluster picture. We know that post-financial crisis, we've had, we had weak growth. It was a very long period of any real recovery. We know we had productivity problems. I've written about that. Let's put all aside all that. And what we have to talk about is populations. There are questions about the economic outlook, but there is no question about global population shifts. Gro the growth rate of the world's population is slowing. It's most especially slowing in the advanced world, the United States, Europe, Canada, Japan, but it's also been slowing in much of the developing world as well. So for today's presentation, here I'm going to tell you right at the outset what that means for the three big drivers of global change. As a result of slowing populations, we're going to see a shift, number one, in labor supply. The global economy is going to shift from a labor-rich system to a labor-scarce system. Big implications for manufacturing. Number two, urbanization. Population concentration often happens with changes in aging. And we are seeing the world moving from rural large parts of the world anyway, moving from rural areas to pop population centers, city centers, with increasing speed, increasing frequency. Number three, 
Africa's promise. Economists have ignored Africa for too long. It is the second largest landmass in the world. It is the second most populated landmass in the world. And I'm going to argue that favorable demographics and accelerating economic growth are shedding some sunlight. I don't want to be overly optimistic, but there's certainly changes there, are shedding some sunlight on what has been a difficult con- uh, continent. 54 countries, it's a diversified and nuanced story, but the changes in Africa are really going to drive changes in the world. So there it is right at the outset. Labor supply, change. From labor rich to labor scarcity. Urbanization and Africa's promise are the three things that are going to shape the global economy, not a year or two from now, but 20 years from now. Let's talk about labor force stresses. As a result of slowing population growth, the inevitable slowing of population growth, the share of the world in total the more developed parts of the world and the less developed parts of the world whose populations are in the 15 to 64 age cohort. The share of total populations around the world in the 15 to 64 age cohort are either leveling off and in the more developed parts of the world are falling. Why does that matter? Because the 15 to 64 cohort is the working age population. That's where we get the supply of labor from. And if that's leveling off or slowing, the labor supply stresses are going to show up right at the front door of manufacturers. Let's look at the U.S. relative to other key competitors on two important metrics, total fertility and net migration. And let's let's compare it to Germany, UK, Japan, China, and India. For the first time, the US has, has shown up in the demographic data, and it did a few years ago, with a total fertility, that's children per woman, over the life, you know, the childbearing years, less than 2, and actually significantly less than 2.1. That means that the U.S. is is birthing at less than population replacement. And the only reason we're okay with our labor supply is that net migration, migration per thousand population, is still at a relatively high level. Not the highest in the world, but it is still at a relatively high wor- uh, level. So what does that mean for our long-term economic growth? Well, there's only two things that matter for how, how fast the economy can grow long-term. One is productivity, and we know that's been a problem lately. It's turning somewhat, but it's been a problem for a number of years. And the other is labor hours or labor supply. So – a lot to worry about with long-term growth if our total fertility rate has it remains below population replacement. And we see in other parts of the, of the world, Germany, the U.K., it's even worse. So the advanced world 
is showing real labor supply stresses, and it's one of the reasons, it's a key reason, why economic growth, with its big implications for manufacturing performance, has been slowing. The U.S. is on the cusp of an age transformation. We are rapidly becoming an older population, and I often show this graph where I look at the projections from the United Nations demographers, who are quite good, of the percent of the population in the 15 to 24 cohort. It's kind of the entry level, the new workers, and the percent of the population in the 60-plus cohort, and it's as you can get. The percent of the population in the 60-plus cohort has started to rise and is projected to rise and rise faster and faster. The, the percent in the 15 to 24 cohort, from now through 2050, there is no point of rising. We are getting to be an older population. That means that the working age population in the United States will shrink. And that means that the age composition of the workforce is rising, and it has been. In 1996, the median age of the total U.S. labor force was 38.3 years. In 2006, it was 40.8 years. 2015, 42. And 2026, it is projected to be 42.3. Now, there's a consolation here, the aging, as you can hear, the aging trajectory is slowing, so that's a good thing. But we are getting to be an older labor force with significant labor supply strains for business. And for manufacturing, manufacturing has long had and continues to have an age disadvantage that is going to be made worse, I project, by these demographic strains. In the world, in 2018, the average, the median manufacturing worker was almost two years, 1.9 years to be exact, older than the median worker in the total labor force. Almost two years, that is a lot. And in certain key sectors of U.S. manufacturing, most notably machinery, the age uh, gap is even wider. Manufacturing executives who are listening to this podcast will know exactly what I mean. They are very worried by a retirement tsunami that is really, as I'm explaining, the result of global demographic forces. So labor market stresses for both workers and employers in Washington. Let's review the key points. Demographic forces have constrained labor supply and shifted the age composition of the workforce. The manufacturing sector still lags in education, by the way, and has an increasingly difficult age profile. And we still have those cultural biases, that, you know, that dark, dirty, dangerous view of manufacturing, although I think that's actually turning a little bit. I think it's turning a little bit, but nonetheless... In total, as a result of these shifts, manufacturing is still becoming a more and more labor supply stressed 
um, sector of the economy. Let's talk about urbanization, a very interesting and I think understudied phenomenon for manufacturers. As population growth slows, as populations age, they do appear to concentrate. The share of the population in the world, in the more developed regions, and in the less developed regions of the world, that is living in urban areas, population concentrated areas. It's not, a, to be honest, a uniform um, definition across the world, but who is moving from less concentrated population areas to more concentrated population areas. In all three of those metrics, world, more developed parts of the world, less developed parts of the world, it is just it's sliding up. It's a ski slope, sliding up. Populations are concentrating. Let's talk about the concentration uh, story in by continent, Africa, Asia, Europe, Latin America, and the Caribbean, Northern America. Africa and Asia are, have, are starting from much lower levels of concentration. And they are seeing, going to see huge pops in concentration from rural areas into cities. Now, What's interesting here, and I'm going to want to focus particularly for Africa, economic research has shown that urbanization, that the movement of labor, labor supply, into more concentrated areas is a plus productivity. A lot of complicated reasons for that, more resources, more, more teams, more of a lot of things that create more productive workers. More productivity means stronger growth. So that's one reason that I think Africa is going to see a big – has been seeing a big pop in growth and why I think that the, the acceleration of economic growth in Africa really has just started. Now, let's add one more thing. Let's get into Africa. Let's add one more thing. This is a young continent. If you look at the median age in Africa versus the median age in less developed regions, there's like an eight or nine-year difference. It's, I'm looking at the projection for 2040, and for Africa, Africa it is something like 23. For the less developed regions, it's something like even more than it, like 32 or 33. So Africa is a considerably young continent. You have a young, urbanizing population. Very few parts of the world can brag about that. That should make Africa interesting to uh, U.S. and really to global manufacturers. And that's why I think Africa is going to play a role, a bigger role than people think, in shaping the world economic picture in the decades to come. Sub-Saharan Africa, which about, frankly is about two-thirds of, of the landmass there, used to be one of the poorest parts of the world, and it remains pretty, pretty close to that. But really since about 2000, even in spite of the volatility, particularly that caused by the Great Recession, which was a worldwide event, Economic growth in sub-Saharan Africa really showed some promise. 
Compared to the 80s and the early 90s, it was growing much better. And even as it came down, it held around in and around the 2% level. So there's a lot of interesting things going on that are meaningful in the second largest landmass with the second most populated uh, and the second most populated landmass in the world. The investment share of GDP, a good indicator of growth, sub-Saharan Africa compared to the world, compared to other emerging markets, it's a little flat. But in the early part of the 2000s, it came up a bit and stayed there. I'd like to see it come up further. But it's yet another indication that I think Africa's worst days economically are very likely behind it. Although you always have to uh, count the possibility of difficult politics in there, although there are some promising political trends as well. All right, so so let's let's sum up here with some final points. Let's think about manufacturing. Remember, these are the three key drivers of what the world's going to look like 20 years from now, moving from labor. Richness, labor, labor abundance to labor scarcity, urbanization, number two, the rise of Africa, number three. So what does it mean for manufacturing? Here are three points to think about. Labor scarcities and population concentrations are going to provoke rethinking on the production environment and the supply chain. It's going to, have, it's going to be a very different kind of su- – supply chain development is going to be a very different art form. In this new world that we're looking at for in, in the coming decades, urbanization growth, as I mentioned, bodes well for a jump in productivity growth. So, I mean, urbanization, urban centers are going to be nodes for manufacturing um, supply chain development. And while Africa is a, a very small share of global GDP, about two and a half percent currently, it's Favorable demographics, one of the few areas in the world that has a rising, a rising labor force trajectory, and signs of accelerating growth are making it increasingly interesting as a manufacturing platform. I'm going to have guests on to talk about some of those points, but I thought it was interesting in the wake of the IMF World Bank meetings where they gave a you know a basic two or three year forecast. For the world that I would share with my listeners what the world is going to may look like 20 years from now. But we're going to be <coughs> discussing all of that, all of these points in depth in coming episodes. Right now, I'll say that this is Cliff Waldman reminding you that manufacturing matters, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.